0: Hello, my name is Janice B. Gordon. This is Scale Your Sales Podcast. Welcome to the Scale Your Sales Podcast, listed number nine of 42 best podcasts for every sales professional in 2021. I am Janice B. Gordon, the customer growth expert, recommended by LinkedIn as one of 15 innovative sales influencers to follow in 2021. In today's episode, my guest talks about how to scale your sales by leveraging the PVC sales method. He goes into detail about what each of them mean, the P, the V and the C. We also go on to talk about the company's diverse representation being as high as 72%, what this means and why it's important and the impact of sales. You're going to love listening to the guest in this episode. My next guest is the CEO and founder of Vengresso. He spent 96 consecutive quarters in B2B sales and leadership. In 2021, he earned the number one spot of the top 10 most influential business leaders by Beyond Magazine, and was selected as one of 20 sales influencers invited to appear in the salesforce.com documentary film, The Story of Sales. He is the host of the Modern Selling podcast, Hello, and welcome to Scale Your Sales podcast. Mario, I've been trying to get you for a long time, so I'm so happy that you're here.
1: Well, I'm excited to be here with the great Janice Gordon Uh, with Scale Your Sales. I'm excited. So thank you so much for having me.
0: Ah, Well, it's a pleasure. So the first thing I want to ask you is, why are you teaching your sons how to sell? (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's a really great question. So actually both my boys are um, homeschooled uh, and we did that actually as a result of the pandemic and turned out that um, some of the things that we were able to put them through um, they are eight and 11, like software coding um, and game development and all these other cool things that like I personally, as a child, obviously never had a chance to do. And I thought, wow, that would be really great to be able to drive them to go um, put them through these programs. So my wife has worked really, really hard to be able to have some really awesome programs. Not just that, but also nature-related items. My son has been inside of a horse program. And um, both my boys actually sit in on my meetings um, in my office here. They sit through my trainings. They have taken an interest. Uh, one of them has said that they're taking over as CEO of uh, Ingresso. So I said, great. Uh, and they said, what do I need to do to make that happen? Um, and I said, you need to work really hard and you need to work from the bottom up. And so that's one of the reasons why I'm taking the time to train them. I think they're um, brilliantly smart, but um, we all are always selling something, whether it's ourself, uh, whether it's uh, you know asking for something uh, in a certain way to be able to get what you need, um, or truly actually selling as part of a quote salesperson. And these are just business skills um, and, and even p- speaking as well. So I actually have my son, one of my oldest son, working on um, PowerPoint presentations and then presenting in um, in front of folks. And so he did his first live presentation with me where he joined me on stage a couple of weeks ago. Uh, oh so um, small part, but it was making his way up and he's only 11 years old.
0: I mean, that is amazing. I listened to one of your videos, the icebreaker, and your son was there and he was engaged. He was literally over your shoulder. And I thought, maybe Mario, this is your retirement plan, actually. (laughs) You're just wanting to, you know, get them up to speed. So that's it. You know, they can continue.
1: Well, I want them to do anything that they want to do. And it's just yes. like my dad said, anything, you, anything you're going to do, anything you're going to be, be, be the best at it. And so the same as my boys. I don't care what they decide to do. Um, but, uh, but gosh darn it, I'm going to teach them some specific life skills that are going to help them throughout the rest of life. Um, one of them, actually, uh, you'd be really surprised at this. Um, I, I started out doing a joke, and that was whenever I would buy something, anything, Starbucks even, right? Uh, every time I get my credit card, I say, hey, did I get my good-looking discount? And it was always a way to be able to make a joke out of it. Well, now my youngest son is asking for the cute kid discount <laughs> everywhere we go, and Janice, fifty percent of the time we get an additional discount. So, uh, anyway, so now I'm teaching them how to be able to take, to to, uh, to get leverage. <laughs>
0: And I would imagine his discount is because he's cuter, I'm afraid, you know, he is <laughs> I've seen him on camera. He is cute. His discount, he's going to be beating you.
1: That's, uh, <laughs> hey, uh, anything to save money on the pocketbook because they're eating a lot. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Which is great. OK, let's let's talk about um, P.V.C. sales methodology, because I know that. This is an area that's really important to you. A lot of sales methodologies really focus on the middle and the end. You know, we're talking about sales, you know. But actually, unless you get the beginning right, you're not going to have a middle and an end. So tell me more about that.
1: Yeah. um, So the PVC sales method or sales methodology is really uh, a way for reps to be able to learn how to engage with buyers. It doesn't matter the format. You could be on email, in mail. Text message, a voice call, a video message—any of those mediums. When you're creating outreach to a um, to a buyer, the key is is finding out how to um, slice through the all the noise that they're getting in their inbox. Yeah. So first off, we teach folks to leverage the PVC sales method. In fact, if you go to PVCSalesMethod.com, you'll learn more about this. But very specifically, the P stands for personalization now we're talking about two different types of personalization the best type of personalization is hyper personalization to your point you just mentioned that you watched one of the videos of me speaking with my son inside there right i showed up to this podcast you knew who i was of course we've known each other for a while but that having been said you did your homework you made reference to that material and those are the types of things that matter Example. Uh, one of our reps was reaching out to a buyer, and um, his opening line was, Hey, I'm a Star Trek and Star Wars fan too. I loved it when, and he added something in about Star Wars. And then he proceeded on with the rest of his message, about 111 characters uh, in that message. The buyer responded back with nothing else other than, How did you know that I was a Star Wars and Star Trek sci fi fan? Well, the rep responded back with, Here's a post that you put out four months ago. Copied the link, gave it to him, and said, This is what you said. I just simply read it. The buyer wrote back, because you took the time to actually get to know me, I will take this call. I don't even know what you do, but I will take this call. right? And so that's that that hyper-personalization. And the area that we live in right now is all about spray and pray. Reps are spraying and praying, and they're loading up a bunch of contacts into different types of automation tools and engagement tools. And they're spraying and praying, and they're hoping that they get results. So hyper-personalization works really well. The other part of personalization is if you can't personalize to the individual, there's absolutely nothing you can pull in. You need to personalize to the persona. Example, we sell to sales leaders. And for sales leaders, we wake up every single day wondering and thinking about how am I going to get my sellers to get more appointments and how do I grow the sales pipeline? So if we focus on those two problems, things that we solve and have that as a discussion point, that at least resonates to the buyer persona. Now we move on to the V for value. Anytime you start talking about the pain that's associated with the particular um, role that you sell to and the product that solves that pain, now you got to bring value. For example, I might attach to a message um, our sales referral article. Uh, Here's a surefire way to be able to get a 60% response on your uh, inside sales, SDRs, AEs, next outreach to request an appointment right? Read this article on sales referrals. gives the entire formula. That's V. You're bringing value to that particular buyer. And then finally, it's the C, the call to action. What do you want the buyer to do? Now, most reps want to go straight for the jugular. We want the meeting. But you know, Janice, one of the problems that we see uh, with um, reps today is that while you want to go for the meeting, you haven't demonstrated enough personalization and enough value to be able to get that meeting. So earn the right to get the meeting. And I would encourage people to take a step back. Nothing wrong with asking for the meeting, but take a step back and see if you could ask a question that will solicit engagement. And which time you will then turn it into an offline discussion. So that's the P, the V, and the C. And I'll close out with saying that reps need to understand, or business owners, whatever the case might be, reps or business owners, you need to understand. To be interesting, you must be interested.
0: So you got to do the research. I love that. I love that. I find Vengresso very interesting in that it started with the amalgamation of seven different aspects. Now, how did that all come about? Because seven is quite a lot to manage. Did everyone do something uniquely different? What was the vision behind it all?
1: Uh, Well, the vision behind it was very simple. Uh, I woke up one day and I said, I don't want to have just a small consulting firm. I want to have the world's largest digital sales training company. So I said, how do I build that? And I said, let me take seven of the top um, influencers around the globe and bring them all together under one umbrella. That's exactly what I did. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, we still have um, four of those original uh, seven um, are active members of the business. Two of them are actually on the board now, and two of us are active actually um, in the day-to-day operations of the business. So, uh, you know, when you start out a company and you do a seven-way company merger, which Mm -hmm. I will never do again, uh, just so you know, um, you should expect that you're going to see about a 20%, maybe 25% churn uh, of people over the course of the, of the first two years. And that's exactly what happened in our world. Um, individuals didn't match the philosophy. Individuals were, um, had a very difficult time assimilating into a larger organization. Uh, individuals had a very difficult time being able to um, adopt a, a leadership style when they've been so used to uh, doing it on their own. Yeah, uh, And so... Sometimes you get married um, and then you end up getting divorced. Uh, and so that was one of those occasions where you would get divorced. Um, but uh, I think everybody walked into it thinking this is going to be a great thing. And for the most part, most people put in um, a good solid um, A effort into that. I won't ever do that again. That I will say. It was very difficult. And um, when I started giving Reso five years ago, in fact, April 12th, 2017 five years ago uh I had black hair
0: <laughs> and I
1: didn't I wasn't balding so now five years later here I am I have pretty much gray hair and uh I'm balding But
0: <laughs> well, they call that the silver fox don't they really so you know
1: <laughs> it's all about the perspective that's right it is
0: it is, it is. definitely definitely okay so I'm because I'm very interested in Gresso, I'm really interested in one thing that um, I read that you, you said was that the company in its diverse representation, why is that so important to you? And why, why isn't that the case across all organizations in the sales industry? What's your perspective?
1: Yeah, so um, with that in mind, um, we, so I'm very proud of this particular statistic, and that is uh, that um, 70, uh, I think it's 72, maybe it's 75, I forget the actual number, 72, I think it is, of 72% of our company is of some sort of ethnic uh, minority background, whether they're Black, whether they're Hispanic, whether they're um, uh, from the, um, a different country in the Middle East, as an example, um, South Africa, et cetera. Um, they're of some sort of ethnic minority descent. Um, of that, a um, little over 60% are of Latino descent. So when I started out Vingresso, um, in addition to having this big vision thinking about being the world's largest digital sales training company, which by the way, we're transforming. And I'll, we can talk about that on another call Um, Into a technology company. When I started it out, I said I want a uh, minority owned and female owned or woman owned business. That's what I wanted. And to this very day, Vivek and I um, own the majority of the company and um, technically, uh, based upon the majority ownership, we actually are a minority and female-owned business, right? So male and female, minority status as well. Um, so it's an, an awesome thing to be able to have that. One of the things that I look at is when I look at organizations and those organizations and I look at their about page, the team, uh, there's certainly nothing wrong with having great skill, but majority of the time, what we see is, is white male. And uh, by the way, I'm half Caucasian. My biological mom was uh, of uh, Irish and German descent. The thing that we need to be thinking about is how do we give opportunities to those that are underserved or underprivileged, and be able to help them accelerate their career and grow. And so that's what we um, what we wanted to aspire to, both female as well as uh, those of Hispanic descent and or any ethnic minority. Just happens to be my personal um, uh, um, look is around Latino descent, and of course. Um, We've got Vivica, who's um, a majority shareholder in the organization, and we also want female representation as well, of which our current management team represents 50% female leaders. So those things are very important. And I think leaders today, um, in order to be able to be a change agent, you have to be intentional. And if you're not intentional in those particular areas, then nothing ever changes. Nothing ever happens. So I made that decision that we were gonna be very intentional and that we were gonna talk about that. Um, And uh, as of right now, I'm very proud to say that uh, we've got a lot of Latinos who have come through our organization and have left and have gone off to much bigger, better, brighter jobs, um, and we've trained them. And um, in some cases, some people doubled their income and salary after um, going through our training programs, um, uh, whether it be through marketing or sales, whatever it might be. And uh, still to this day, um, many of them, me for references in fact i just did one two weeks ago for an individual who uh two and a half x their income after leaving uh vingresso and i'm very proud of that
0: particularly now in the last two years uh things are changing and a lot of organizations you you see uh, certainly in england this christmas all of the famous christmas company ads had a diversity of people but actually when you look at their board Has anything changed? You know, when I talk about or or question uh, leaders and ask them of the makeup of their their boards and their organization, they always talk about the non-executive director. And that's the easy. But they're not actually people that are intentional about what happens day to day in the business. So and this is something we talk a lot about in, in sales. Sales is the core to all organizations and also buyers are very diverse it's you are global every organization has the opportunity to be global so if we're looking at the global makeup of of buyers so it's really important as you say to be intentional why don't do you think that sales is still a lagger in this area
1: Well, I mean, so first off, I don't disagree with you uh, on what you just said, you know, and it's not just good enough to have your chief people officer or chief human resources officer to be a black woman. It's not good enough to, to have your, quote, CDO, chief diversity officer, to be a black male. That's a step in the right direction, but that's not good enough, right? You really need to be focused on how do I bring diversity into the organization? Um, And there's certain things you have to be careful of as you get scale into the large organization. As a small business, I can advertise that I'm hiring a Latino male or a woman of color. I can do that because there's certain laws that allow me to do that for small businesses. But as you get into the large organizations, you can't do that because of reverse discrimination laws. Yeah, Um, And there's certain thresholds that you have to be able to uh, meet. Um, so, I think that 's very important that we understand that, however, you can consciously say we have x number of uh, individuals who are of non um, uh, diverse backgrounds, and it doesn 't have to be minority. it could be um, those that are disabled could be the anything you want in terms of what classifies as someone as um, minority status um, and, and what you need to do is you need to say, you know what we 're going to make a conscious decision that for this particular role we are looking for, and you fill in the blank. And you can do that um, as an organization on a global scale. You can do that across different organizations and specifically different roles. We always say we're going to hire for the best. Well, yes, that's true. But do you also recognize that those that are are the best are oftentimes the ones that are the privileged individuals and are usually not those individuals of whatever might be the disabled, the of color, of whatever might be any of those types of items? So we need to be more conscious of that. And in the sales world, I think one of the things that we see is the many of the folks who go to college, I don't know if you know this, but 50% of all college students that graduate end up in a sales role, at least out of college. 50%. Wow. Okay. So who are the folks getting into colleges? Well, that's an easy one to be able to calculate. Now you understand the challenge behind why in sales, we have this particular problem. And of course, as you know, um, 70% of all sales people are male. Thirteen percent, or maybe it's almost fifteen percent now, in the leadership realm are female. Mm. So it even gets smaller. So we have a big problem. And, and oh, by the way, if you put um, think about the Fortune six, uh, not Fortune sixteen. If you think about the Fortune five hundred or the S and P of those C, of those five hundred CEOs represent women. Sixteen represent Latino men, and I think it's four percent represent Black men. Okay, so do we have a challenge here? Yes, and it starts from who's getting into the college system and it goes up from there. And so that's why it's important to be able to um, be focused on uh, a a moment of change um, in an organization and to be very intentional.
0: Yeah, so we know that there's a problem there, but why would a company, why is it important to make it intentional? What is the message here?
1: Uh, if you don't know Cynthia Barnes, she is the uh, CEO um, of National Association of Women's Sales Professionals, of which I happen to be the first and only male on their board, um, Latino male at that. Um, and she's got a lot, ton of great statistics about what happens when you do hire uh, people of diverse backgrounds. And the data shows that companies perform better, salespeople perform better, or sales teams perform better, et cetera. From a personal why what I find is, is that those that have not had the opportunity or those that have been asked to rise to an occasion, they will work 10x that of those that have not been asked or that don't have to. And so I particularly love, of course, I am of Latino descent um, as well. And I particularly love giving those opportunities to individuals. I took somebody on as our social media manager here at Vingreso with no social media experience at all. This individual wanted to be a crossover from sales into marketing. And so uh, I've spent the last seven months training this individual. And to this very day, I still um, say things like, man, you got to nail this. You got to start working on this. You got to do more training, right? And the individual continues to rise to the occasion each and every time. So that's super important. And I think if you want to build that bond, that loyalty within an organization, uh, those individuals that know that they've been given the opportunity, you can apply that extra pressure to do more and to do better, and they will rise to the occasion.
0: All right, let's kind of um, move back to leveraging big fish on the wall strategy. So tell me more about that.
1: Yeah. So, you know, in the old days, I started out selling 25 years ago when I was actually 19 years old at a software sales company. Yes, I started out at 19. And yes, I started making six figures at 21 years old. Um, And I've performed very well for the last 25 years. And when I was taught, um, when we went out to appointments, the first thing you wanted to look for was the, what we called the big fish on the wall. It was you walk into someone's office, you look for the photo, you look for them holding the fish, and usually it was a male-dominated uh, you know, executive space at that time. So it was usually you know, the male holding up the, you know, the seven-foot fish you know, and, and have a great picture of that. Or it was a picture of, of uh, them and their family. Or it was a picture of something, an award, uh, et cetera. Or it was the actual trophy. And the first thing that you did is you scoured the office, right? Because that was when we used to walk into offices and we looked for stuff. You scoured the office and be like, oh, that's a great photo. Where was that taken at? And you allow that to be the conversation starter in the beginning of that particular meeting. It's that trust-building process. It's the way humans engage, which is I want to assess, can I actually trust you? Do I actually believe you? Do I actually want to have a a relationship with you? And that's that trust-building process. So that was the old days. Now, fast forward 25 years later, where we're on a virtual environment. I don't have to get into my car. I don't have to fly. I can see you just like this. The question that we have is, is how do you find that big fish on the wall to open up a conversation? And that is the power of leveraging tools like LinkedIn or Twitter or company news or any of those types of things where you can open a conversation up that is something unique and personal and specific to that individual. You're looking for the big fish on the wall as we call it. Um, and a great example could be uh, very specifically an individual who was uh, recently um, speaking at an event I actually watched a snippet of that particular event and I started out with I loved your point that you brought out at at this particular conference and when you were talking on stage about and as soon as you do that oh you're talking about me oh yeah yeah (laughs) that was a great and then we all of a sudden have a conversation trust building process begins at that point in time and this is not something that you just do as a form of the sales step in the process so that you can actually build trust but you don't really care if you truly care about people if you truly are human then this is normal this is something that we do if i met you in person at an event i would say hey janice how you doing nice to meet you tell me what you do i'd become truly curious right and so this is what we need to do inside of a virtual environment <clears throat> or back into face to face where you're looking for that big fish on the wall walk in knowing something even something as simple as oh i see you're in token oak oklahoma man Uh, I noticed the weather has been pretty crazy lately there in Tokeno. Yeah, we had about 14 tornadoes in the last, you know. Yeah, I saw that, right? That shows that you're actually genuinely taking interest. And that's the difference between an inexperienced rep and an experienced rep learning how to use this digital format of being able to sell virtually.
0: Yeah, wonderful, excellent. Okay, I've got a quick one um, for you. If you're on a desert island on your own, what one thing would you take with you, Marion?
1: Oh, this is gonna be a funny one. i take TikTok. (laughs) 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 Because TikTok, man, those people are creative. They're creative. They create some really interesting videos. Um, and I like watching crude, uh, crude, funny jokes. Um, I won't describe those things to you because I don't want any of the listeners to be to be thinking that I'm, I'm crazy. But I just think it's funny, uh, you know, certain things. I also think it's um, uh, pretty ingenious when people think of doing something that actually um, uh, comes out and is super funny. And then other times these are like videos that are totally unintentional and then you're like
0: oh i can't
1: believe they just did that it hurt so bad i just saw something like that so tiktok actually keeps me pretty uh pretty uh engaged
0: yeah (laughs) so you'd be giggling and laughing all the time just as long as you had tiktok
1: uh, anything that that makes me laugh that's what gets my that's what gets me going is uh get me laughing that's all i want to do is laugh
0: yeah, and you might have an incredible channel yourself you've got like all of those palm leaves and coconuts whoever knows what you could come up with
1: <laughs> well yeah exactly right so uh here here uh this is my aspiring uh place to be uh we actually uh, usually go to hawaii um for about a month every year and i work out of hawaii and uh, i keep trying to find my way over there to uh to live Um, My dad just made the move about eight months ago uh, to uh, move to Maui and I'm trying to find a way to get out there. But I tell you, the market is crazy and I just don't see myself um, doing 50 to a half a million dollars over asking price. I just won't do it.
0: Wow, 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 wow. Oh, well, you know, you got to just put it out there and uh, who knows what will happen.
1: (laughs) If the stars align, they align. If they they don't, I've got to I've got a place right here in my home that works just fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So how can listeners get hold of you?
1: Well, a great way is go to Vengreso.com. That's V-E-N-G-R-E-S-O, S. S, uh, and uh, take a look there. We're in the middle of a major pivot uh, in Vengreso's history right now. And uh, I haven't really talked a lot about this. This is my first time I've talked about this on a podcast, actually. Um, and that is we're transforming from a training and technology company and we're flip-flopping that, a technology with training as an added component. So a very major twist uh, to Vangresso, we had an amazing product that we launched a year ago um, called Fly Message. So flymsg.io. It's a text expansion and it grew by 2,900 users in the last year. And so I'm actually hitting the streets now and I'm doing some fundraising um, and we're we're pivoting the organization to be really focused as a product-led growth organization. So um, if you want to save time, Every single day, an hour a day on uh, repeatable messaging, it's the greatest thing ever. And uh, it doesn't just work for salespeople, Uh, although 35% of our users are are sellers, the other 65% are non-sellers. So uh, flymsg.io would be the other thing you could take a look at.
0: I'll put a link um, to that and everything else we've, we've um, referenced in in the show notes. It's been an absolute pleasure and uh, we'll get you on again. Most definitely now I've got you. I'm going to keep you. (laughs) So thank you so much for being a guest on scale yourselves podcast, Mario Martinez, Jr.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Janice.
0: Pleasure you for listening to this week's episode of scale your sales podcast if you like this discussion feel free to listen to other episodes or watch the caption show on youtube and subscribe to future episodes i would really appreciate it if you would leave a positive review on itunes thank you